Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. Welcome back to our listeners. It is your host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell, joined by the good deacon himself, Deacon Elijah DeLillo. Welcome back to the show. Good thank day. you. Thank you. Thank you. We have another uh, special episode. We're going to talk about the sacraments, but uh, I've been, Deacon, I have to confess, I've been derelict in my duties as host. I that have was a... been encouraging people to like or subscribe to the podcast. Yes. And uh, so I'll take this opportunity to just repent of, of just, you know, being a subpar host these last couple episodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you would please be so kind to like and subscribe the podcast, we would be uh, just most honored if you would do that. And uh, yeah, so this is probably why you should host. You know, um, we we missed you in the host seat, Deacon. You were, I you were an illustrious host. You know, I, ever since the like and subscribe thing started, I just felt out of my element. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm not a like subscribe type of, type of guy. You don't like or subscribe to anything. No, I don't. Really? No, I'm totally detached from all things. Wow. <laughs> you don't get any like daily subscription emails or no. You I don't, you don't. You're so not I get to, like, actually or anything. No. You're not. I should, have you liked or subscribed to the podcast? I have not. Oh well, this is a problem. I know. I. I now it's out there. <laughs> Nothing I can do after saying that, but. Now I, I do get many emails that I don't like. I try to unsubscribe from things. Yeah, I'm an unsubscribe. There's one in particular You're that I get. Yeah, I'm an <laughs> ups, unsubscriber. Please don't unsubscribe from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in particular I've been trying to unsubscribe from for probably the last year. Yeah. And every time I do it, it takes me to this page and I get that stupid like wheel that's like yeah. it, it times out. trolling you. Oh, for sure. You don't want to put this 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 brand, this company, this organization on Front Street? No, no, I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. Well, that wouldn't be kind. No, that would not be kind at all. <laughs> Deacon, we're in the uh, in the middle of our of our summer here. Things have really heated up, quite literally, here in the Valley. It is hot. Phoenix, it is hot. Mm-hmm. We're approaching monsoon season, but uh, you're getting ready for a big trip this weekend. I am. You want to tell the, the friends what you're up to? Yes, yeah, so I will be taking... A bunch of our teens from the reservation here, from the different districts and missions that we serve to the Steubenville Conference in Tucson. Mm. So it's, yeah, we went last year. Uh, I was really, really very impactful for many of them. And some of them are returning this year. And so we have more, we have more this year. And so the hopes are every year we can, we can keep growing and and more of the teens will, will be excited to go and, and have an encounter with Jesus. Yeah, and I guess just to say, just a shout out uh, to all of those who have supported our evangelization efforts, especially through the the Go Rebuild My Church Fund. Uh, it's through those things that we're actually able to, because these are not cheap endeavors no, to, to get no. 20 kids to to a youth conference. So, uh, and we're certainly with nothing. But high impact. High impact, yeah, for sure. And so we're just very, very grateful to all of uh, the people who are just been so generous uh, to support these ministry efforts. And so we just want to thank you for that. Uh, Deacons been doing a great job with our youth uh, this summer. And we're, I'm really, I, I wish I could go with you guys, but I, I'm the lone, I'm the lone wolf priest here in the res. I got to hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> My wolf pack is going south to Tucson, but 
I'll be uh I'll be howling at the moon without you guys here. Yes. So. Yeah, I will go to the highest peak in Tucson so that I can oh. perk up my little wolf ears. Good. Yes. Yes. Excellent. So Deacon, I guess we should also say that we're <laughs> we're missing one of our our summer hosts, our summer correspondent, Brother Paul. He has, uh, he has, he's, we have no idea where he is. Yeah. He's just, he's, uh, <laughs> he's gone MIA and you know, if you see him out there anywhere, uh, he's please just send him back. No, we're just joking. Of course, brother Paul is at the Vita Consecrata Institute. Uh, he's learning about religious life. So he is, has been, he's not, he's not hosting for the rest of the summer. We yeah. miss him, but you know, he's doing a good thing. We're doing a lot of shout outs at the beginning of this well, I'm trying to be a good host. I know. So maybe we'll get some like sponsorships or Ooh. someone will like us back. Yeah, you someone, know? Subscri- someone will subscribe. Hopefully not unsubscribe. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. yeah. But so, I would understand it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you. but we don't We don't want that, <laughs> even if it's understandable. So, but that is just to say, we, we enjoyed Brother Paul's time with us on the podcast for the summer, but uh, his voice... I will not be heard for the, these last episodes about the sacraments. So that was sad. It is sad. Yeah. It is sad. Yeah, <clears throat> we just have to call him and tell him to give us our, his thoughts, so we can share them with you. We know how much you've appreciated Brother Paul's thoughts, Deacon. Yes, very much. Okay, well, I feel like I'm getting off the rails a little bit as the host. I need to bring us back. Yep. Uh, you've been distracting me with yep. your, your comments, it's, of course. But I will fault. not be foiled. I will I will lead this podcast to its promise end. And that is <laughs> before I could interject <laughs> the sacraments. And we began uh, a series on the sacraments and we have been slowly going through them. We talked last week about the first sacrament of healing, the sacrament of penance, sacrament of reconciliation, uh, most popularly known as confession. And today we would like to talk about the sacrament of anointing of the sick, as it is now popularly called. Uh, but maybe you might know it as, as it was called last rites for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we call it anointing of the sick. So this is our fifth sacrament that we are covering. We have two more after this. So we're, we're getting near the end. Crazy. Crazy. So crazy. But anyways. We, uh, Deacon, if you would be so kind just to tell me once again, oh, I'm so go. forgetful, <clears throat> what is a sacrament? What is, the, what is the definition of a sacrament that we've been working with? Hopefully our listeners can like just say it along with you at this point. Maybe. They could probably say it in Latin. Mm. So a sacrament is four parts. One, a sacred sign. Second part, instituted by Christ third part that efficaciously realizes the sanctification they represent fourth part so to build up the visible and invisible life of his church so we've always been we've been getting these conversations with uh the instituted by christ part of that sacrament that these sacraments were given to us by jesus himself Mm -hmm. and we've been turning to uh, the sacred scriptures to learn where that uh, happen in the scriptures. Some of them very explicit, some of them a little more implicit. But if we turn to the gospel of Mark and hit chapter six, verse 13, we read that the apostles, Jesus sends them out two by two. And we were told that they cast out many demons and anointed with oil, many that were sick and healed them. 
Hmm. Uh, and so in this, we see Jesus sending out the ministers of the church, his apostles, who will become the first bishops, to cast out demons, but then also to anoint the, uh, the sick with oil. And so we have here Christ instituting the sacrament. And then also very, very beautifully, we have uh, James and his letter in chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. And he tells us, uh, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Uh, so here we see, uh, you know, them taking what they learned and what Christ instituted in the Gospels. And then we see the early church living it out and practicing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just to say, too, again, that um, <clears throat> I think sometimes we can get in a like this isn't proof texting. Like we're not trying to like say. What like, do you mean by proof texting? Like, like, bam, there it is, you know, like, right. but it's what we're, what we're saying is that we can see that already in scriptures, in the gospel, that they were using oil to pray with those who were sick, um, and to, to bring about healing at, at certain points. And that, you know, so this is, I mean, the council of Trent says about Mark six, that um, it's suggested by this mm. text, you know, so again, when we talk about the institution of the sacrament, some of them are more explicit, like the Eucharist, where we have the actual words that Jesus uses and we see when he's doing it. And, you know, so we can, we can take more from it. Um, others are not as explicit, but we do see it in the scripture. And so and th this is where we need the church yeah. to help us to, to say, okay, like here it, here it is, even if it's not as explicit as, as the Eucharist, but that they can then say definitively that, that Christ did directly institute this sacrament. Um, and then the church herself can give us uh, more of the details about how that sacrament is to be yeah. carried out. Yeah. So that's why we need both both the scripture and the church to to kind of flush that out for us. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you for that. And it's uh, that text from James. We actually read that and we pray that in the rite of the anointing of the sick mm. uh, now. So that's uh, so that is one that to be a really beautiful part at the very beginning before you know it. Someone you always read that little piece of scripture. Um, so. There is the uh, the scriptural foundations, that first part of the definition, that that it was instituted by Christ. Uh, and then I think the first part of our definition is that is it's a sacred sign. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that, that that we've been talking about the the signs and, and the matter and the form, the the matter, the material stuff and the form, kind of the the spiritual stuff. And so what what is the what is the stuff then? that makes up the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Yeah. So the matter, uh, what would, is the matter? Deacon? Yeah. Ever since I said that, you've I been know. saying it back to well, me. Well, you know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> let me tell you what the matter is. Father, yes, tell me what the matter is. The matter, uh, of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick is, so it's the anointing oil 
So it's the holy oil. Again, that this oil is consecrated by the bishop on Holy Thursday Mm -hmm. uh, called the oil of the infirm. I used to know what it was called in Latin, but I don't know if I remember now. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'll ask Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence will know. (laughs) And then um, so that that oil, which has been... um, Uh, blessed and consecrated by the bishop. And then also the action. So just remember, sometimes the matter can include an action. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the laying on of hands and the actual anointing with the oil um, for the person who is infirm would be part of all all part of the matter. And then the form, which is the words that are spoken. Um, So this is the the words that the priest would speak over the the sick person as they're anointing them. And yes. it's through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who frees you from sin, save you and raise you up. Yeah. So, because I get to do this uh, quite a bit, thanks be to God, um, that, you know, there's, there's this laying on of hands in silence. The priest lays his hands on the head of, of the sick person. And then he says that first part while anointing the person's forehead through this holy anointing. May the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. And then that second part, he prays while anointing their palms. Uh, May the Lord who frees you from sin, save you and raise you up. And just an interesting little uh, fact, a little tidbit that because a, a priest palms have already been consecrated, at their ordination, when when you anoint a priest, you actually anoint the back of his hands because they've already been for the anointing of the sick. For the yeah. anointing of the sick, and so uh, I always I always think that's a neat little little caveat to to the sacrament, you know, because his hands have already been already anointed. so you anoint the the back of his hands. But for for the laity, that your your palm, your forehead, and your palms get anointed uh, while that prayer is said by yeah. the oil. Yeah, and and we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about the, um, you know, the the abiding effect and, and even the grace. But I think, I think it speaks very much to, again, like what is what are the sacraments for, mm-hmm. um, and 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 in, you know even just deeper with that, like what what is the end of the Christian life, and it's it's to be conformed to Christ. Yeah. And so, what are the sacraments doing? Well, they're giving you particular graces, um, for, you know, particular things, uh, but they all the sacraments in some way conform you to Christ, configure you to Christ. Yeah. And so it's just interesting that, you know, because a priest's hands have already been anointed, mm-hmm. so he's configured to Christ in a very specific way, yes. but that when you're anointed with the anointing of the sick, um, that you are configured to Christ in a different way, but the church is acknowledging mm-hmm. that, okay, we're going to, we're going to not repeat this action mm-hmm. because this is kind of set apart for mm-hmm. you as a priest, Yeah, but this is a different anointing. This is a different type of yeah. consecration that is happening. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So you mentioned it. We, the, the abiding effect of the sacrament. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of when we talk about it. it's an efficacious sign that it accomplishes that which it signifies so that the sacrament is is showing some sort of signs and and but it's actually happening uh and so what is actually happening um, what is what is the uh that abiding effect that takes place in the soul that the sacrament 
is signifying for for those who receive it? Yeah. So when the person is is anointed and they receive this sacrament, um, so it's a state of consecration. And and when I say that word, um, what we mean by it is, you know, to be consecrated is to be set apart. But this is a particular instance that while the person is sick, while the illness is present in the person and while they're suffering through this illness, that this illness and this person who is suffering this illness is set apart um, to be configured, to be um, more closely united to the suffering Christ Mm. um, so that Christ who suffered for us, Christ who received for us all of all of the merits, all of the graces that we receive through the sacrament can then strengthen us to to endure this illness, yes. um, to to endure it in a way that is truly Christian, to endure it in a way um, that, you know, releases the power uh, of, of the passion in the sick person to suffer like Jesus. Yeah. Now you, you said it releases the power. And I just want to quote from. Um, from Feingold, he says, uh, so as to unleash its redemptive value, both on behalf of the sick person on, and on behalf of the entire church. And so I think this is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a really important kind of perspective on the sacrament of, of what it's doing, what it's ordered towards. Uh, what it can accomplish, and just sort of ones, and then it can help then inform our own attitude and disposition in in receiving it. That mm-hmm. that it's it's coming to make you more closer to the suffering Jesus. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that's just such a, a beautiful thing. And that one of one of you know one of the things that we believe is, as Catholics is that there is real power and real value in suffering, mm-hmm. and that and that the church then comes to you uh, and then blesses your suffering, uh, and then even through that suffering, it it consecrates. It's like a consecration where now you are you are more closely to to Christ on the cross in your sufferings, however great or small that they might be. Uh, and so then then you might be able to to suffer well on your behalf and then on behalf of the entire church. Yeah. Uh, I just find that to be so so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it again it speaks to because I think sometimes we can get in a mindset of like well, just because someone's suffering, like it's, it's good or it's, it's somehow, you know, meritorious or, Mm -hmm. but, but we have to remember that like, it's only, as you said, you know, you have to have faith, but then like in this particular instance, like the difference between someone who is a non, a non-Christian who Mm -hmm. is suffering and someone who is a Catholic who is suffering is that consecration. Like you are, you are consecrated in that moment as a suffering person as, yeah. as one who is suffering with and in Christ. And so like, that's kind of, again, where the consecration is. That's why you're set apart from the other people who don't have the grace of that yeah. sacrament, um, that Jesus really is working, uh, and uniting his own sufferings to yours and empowering them. Because, because you can suffer poorly. Yeah. 
you know, you can suffer not well mm-hmm. and, and you can, you know, get the a flu or a cold and be sick in bed and just be griping and moaning <laughs> and complaining and the, everything is falling apart and just be moping and, and that's not redemptive for you or for the church or for the world, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so we want to be a people who who suffers well yeah and and we have such a i mean thanks be to god that christ came to to show us um how to suffer Mm -hmm. and not to to shrink from it not to 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 turn our backs on it not to dissociate from it yeah but to to just receive it and that and then and then in doing so with with faith that it can then release or unleash these these graces, this power uh, upon your surroundings and upon the entire church. Yeah, and it will be it will be really really amazing to just see what all of the graces that people's sufferings have merited, mm-hmm. you know, and all the sacrifices that they have made, and how. And unite once they are united to Christ, what that merits then for the church and for the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now you made the uh, the the claim that you know it's so long as the person is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit more about that. Flesh that out for me about you know what happens if the person gets more sick. What happens if the person recovers? Um, what happens to this abiding effect then? Yeah. So. This goes to a little bit like who can receive anointing of the sick. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. so the person who can receive the anointing of the sick, um, so it's a member of the faithful. So this means, again, if you remember that the sacrament of baptism is that sacrament that opens us up and, and allows us to then receive the other sacraments. Um, so it's a member of the faithful um, who, having uh, reached the age of reason, um, begins to be in danger due to sickness or old age. Um and there's even with that, you know, the sickness has to be in the person. Um, so for instance, like you can't get anointed because you're about to go off to war. Mm. Like there's danger of death, but yeah. but it has to be in you. It has to be something sure, within yeah. you. Um, or, you know, the person is, is old enough that their, their health is beginning to deteriorate. And, yeah. um, but this also doesn't mean that it has to be deathbed or like right. deathly ill. Yeah. Um, and so with all the graces that we're talking about, that are available. That is why it is good to reach out to a priest to get anointed mm-hmm. before it's too late. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and very often I think people kind of get a little bit confused about that and, and it'll be like a deathbed situation. And yeah. it's like, you know, m- maybe that could have been done sooner. Uh, sometimes you just can't help it, but uh, it's just right. good to know that. Yeah. Um, I was just saying that front, I think like, because it, it was popularly called like last rites. Yeah. And we have these kind of sort of images of, of, of deathbed situations. And, and there's something right about that. Like this is in some, in some ways preparing you for that, to suffer well, to, to endure the sickness well. But, um, but you, don't, you don't necessarily want to wait until uh, the last possible moment. You mm-hmm. can, you, you sh- if you can do it beforehand... We better do beforehand because uh, 
it's better if the person still has like their reasoning faculties, if they can like hear and speak, they can go to confession beforehand, they can receive communion beforehand. And, and nowadays, because of modern medicine, deathbed situations typically entail being on some sort of pain medication that has you completely knocked out. Yeah. Um, and so you can't communicate with the person. You can't hear their confession. You can't give them communion. Uh, and so you want to provide those opportunities for people to have their confession heard, even though, as we'll talk about, this sacrament does forgive sins, but yeah. it's to work in tandem with confession. And then mm -hmm. obviously viaticum as well to receive your, your last communion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the person's, you know, ha has that illness. Um, so they would receive the anointing, but then if that same illness were to become worse, yeah. they can be anointed again. Or if they recover and then become ill again, right. they can yeah. be anointed again. So if you like had cancer, you were anointed and went into remission and then it came back, like you could be anointed again or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the reason for that is, um, I don't know. Did we talk about the abiding effect? Yeah, we were just talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that it it remains the grace remains as long as the illness lasts. Mm -hmm. So even if you are anointed and then that same illness you know lasts for a very long time, that yeah. that grace would still be there you as long the as you're in a state yes. of grace. Yeah, you but, still have that grace to to you to be configured to the suffering Christ. Yeah, um, and to suffer to suffer well to mm -hmm. for it to be redemptive. Um, But there are some other graces that come with the sacrament, and we were just kind of alluding to them. Uh, and you know, James makes reference to this. Uh, and one of the graces that we receive as well in the sacrament is the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Uh, so it is primarily ordered. So the anointing of the sick is primarily ordered toward a spiritual healing um, for your soul. Uh, and so it does forgive your 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 sins, um, and it's 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 kind of the it's like we said, it's a sacrament of healing. It's it's in some semblance kind of like the completion of penance. Uh, it works in tandem with the sacrament of penance, uh, but it's it's great to have, you know, if you can confess those sins beforehand. Yeah. That's that's what we want, and then for you to receive communion as well, and then and then to be anointed. Um, some of the other graces that, that you can receive, uh, or that you not, you can't receive, but that you do receive. So this is from the, the, the council of Trent talking about the, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, that it comforts and strengthens the soul of the sick person by awakening him great confidence in the divine mercy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that, and that is particularly, you know, if you're on your deathbed, you know what I mean? Or, or you're sick or that. That it, it is to awaken in you this this great great confidence uh, in God's unfathomable, amazing, endless, infinite divine mercy that He has for you, and so that is certainly a grace that I want. Yes, uh, as I'm as I'm suffering and sick, that I want. Yeah, I want to be you know strengthened uh, mm -hmm. in confidence in, in in the Lord's mercy. Yeah, no, and I think. Just along the lines of divine mercy, um, I remember the Lord, you know, telling St. Faustina that, you know, one of the greatest sins is despair. Mm. 
um, yes. and despair is, is when you've totally lost just all hope, yeah. all faith, you know, that anything can be done for you. Um, and I think that this is something that can happen with people who are suffering, yeah. you know, very, very grave illnesses, yes. you know, it can lead to a very low kind of destitute type of a place. And that, you know, when we, when we die, um, when we're, when we're on our deathbed, that the enemy is, is there, you know, mm -hmm. he's relentless. Yes. He doesn't play fair. Yep. And so the Lord, you know, wants to give us that grace to have faith in the midst of that trial. But not only that, that through that faith, then to allow that to redound to the Lord's glory yeah. and then even to increase our own, you know, our own merit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that we would have an even higher place yeah. in heaven or even possibly, you know, do some, if not all of our purgatory, yeah. you know, through that suffering, sure, you know, so sure. th th these graces are yeah. nothing to shake a stick at. You know? <laughs> no. And I'm glad you, you were talking about sort of that, like, <clears throat> you know, the devil not playing fair because one of the other graces that we get is that it helps us. This is again, the, the council of Trent saying that it helps the sick person to bear more lightly, the inconveniences and trials of the illness and resist more easily. The temptations of the devil mm -hmm. who lies in wait for his heel. Yeah. Uh, and so we're able to, to bear our, our, our sufferings more easily, but then we're also strengthened to resist the devil. And, and especially like at, at the end on the deathbed, uh, that the veil starts to become very thin mm. as you begin to pass from this world into the next and, and, and working in a hospital for a summer and talking to those chaplains who, who work there full time. And, and perhaps, you know, you, people have had experiences just being with their loved ones, but very often, you know, people are seeing things in the room, you know, mm. Uh, angels or demons or, or people coming for them and preparing for them. And just because like you're, you're, you're moving, you're entering in, you're leaving the material world and entering into the spiritual realm and, and that there is this last battle. There yeah. is this last travail that, um, you know, as the, you know, the devil is roaring like a prowling lion looking for someone to devour and, and as we are about to pass from this world, that he's going to try to drag you down to hell. And so we want to be anointed so that we can have the grace, but in the power of Christ and his church to, to suffer well, to have confidence in the Lord's mercy, to, to bear that cross more easily, and then to more easily resist him yeah. um, and have confidence in the Lord's love and his mercy. And this isn't to, to speak fear into these situations, but... But just to have a sober analysis and, and reality of like, okay, like this is what this is all ordered towards. Like mm -hmm. you and I one day will pass from this world and we yeah. know not the day nor the hour. Um, and, and, and if we have the, if, if God is, is so good to us that like, you know, we come to a, a natural death or we have some semblance of when that hour is going to come, then to the Lord prepares us. He gives us the mean to, mm -hmm to suffer well through it and to resist. And, and, and like you said, to really merit, you know, to really fight to the end and, and to suffer well to the end and to resist the devil. Yeah. Yeah. And just to make a pitch for Jesus, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like, please. no, I mean, just like, this is why we want to die in a state of grace. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. like sure. this is why we want to live our life in a way where when we come to the end of our life, yeah. like, 
we don't have to worry so much about yeah. like, oh no, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, that's kind of the amazing thing. And it just shows you the Lord's mercy that, that the church would provide for a person who might've lived a totally debauched life. Yeah. If yes. they were anointed at, at the end of their life, yeah. if they, you or, know, or have repentance in their heart. Yeah. Like yeah. that. And, and just through that sacrament, mm-hmm. like it could turn everything around, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But it's, it, I think it just shows, it shows first that we should be, you know, disposed to the sacrament by living a life for the Lord, but that, even if we know our loved ones um, who might be struggling or suffering, like, and they haven't been following Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, this is a good time to say, Hey, you yeah. know, have you thought about being anointed? Yeah. Cause you know, <laughs> yes. you need this. <clears throat> yes. I, I just want to say too, we spend a lot of time, you know, gearing up for one's first confession and one's first communion. And I think we would also do well to just think about and prepare ourselves for our last confession Mm -hmm. and our last communion, Yeah, you know, and that's why we want to come before it's before someone is no longer able to, to speak or, or these things like that. And that like, I mean, what a beautiful thing to think about. Like, this is my last confession. Yeah. And this is my last communion mm-hmm. on this side of the veil. And, 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 and to receive that in the context of the sacrament. And then just the, the last grace that one might potentially receive is that at times uh, it can restore bodily health when it is expedient for the salvation of the soul. Mm-hmm. And so, again, all of these things are ordered towards the healing of the soul for the salvation of the soul. And so if bodily health is going to contribute to that, then one might receive that grace. Yeah. But if bodily health might, you know, detract from that, then like the Lord's not going to give you bodily health if it's going to then rob you of spiritual health. Mm-hmm. And so there are times, uh, there absolutely are times and, and it's not wrong to have faith or to expect or even to hope for bodily health, but just to recognize that this is all in the Lord's providence uh, and that primarily what the Lord wants to do is, is to heal our souls. Yeah. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. And uh, it's always good to, to pray for, for, for healing as well too, alongside the sacrament. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We like to pray for healing. Yeah. Yes. It's, um, it's really, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very beautiful sacrament, very wonderful sacrament. Mm-hmm. Um, I know maybe we're going a little long, but we're okay. I remember there's a, you know, there's a sister, there's a community of sisters and they, they were, they were hospital sisters. And so they, they spent a lot of time with, with those who are dying. Mm-hmm. And, and there was this one sister who was telling me that she had a picture um, image of St. Joseph when he was on his deathbed mm, yeah. and, you know, the blessed mother's there and Jesus is there. And, and she just said that every time like she's with somebody when they're on their deathbed, that she just always remembers that image. Yeah. Um, and, and she prays for St. Joseph. St. Joseph is a, a, a patron, patron a for, death, yeah. for a happy death. But, but to know that, you know, again, that, that the priest is in persona Christi, that, that Jesus is the one at your, at your side, that the blessed mother is there, that St. Joseph is there. Um, and that is a very holy moment. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's why the, there's a sacrament that is present for that moment. Yes. Um, and, you know, unless somebody is obstinately, you know, 
opposed to receiving the sacrament or there's some, you know, something going on there that would tell the priest that they, they wouldn't be open to receiving the sacrament that, that that person um, is receiving a tremendous grace. And so again, just to don't wait till the last minute, you know, don't wait till the last minute. And if you're not sure, just talk to your priest about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not sure if you're, if you're able to receive the anointing of the sick, um, you know, sometimes people are like, well, can I get it for surgery or, um, mm-hmm. you know, it should be, it should be that there should be some, yeah. some danger of death there. Either yeah. there's a, there's a, a dangerous surgery or there's something going mm-hmm. on, but all that to say, you know, don't wait yeah. to receive the grace. I'm glad you brought up my man, St. Joseph. <laughs> He's a, a patient of a happy death because he died in the arms of our Lord and our lady. Yeah. You know, they were, they, those are the ones who were, were holding him and, and. I mean, what is a happier death than just to be held by our Lord and our lady? Amen. Which brings me to our question. Hmm. Inspired by your question last week. Wow. Uh, and so you asked last week, you know, if, if, if you have any saint could hear our confession, what would it be? Yeah. And so, you know, obviously our Lord and our lady and St. Joseph are like, you know, we're going to, we're going to exclude them from this answer because, yeah. but if there was, someone or someone's yeah you would want to come and meet you and welcome you home to heaven and come get you we know our lord and our lady and saint joseph we, they're they're there they're there okay <laughs> you don't have to worry about they're there but who else is there anybody else that you want to come get you and yeah. bring you home i'd have to say our lady no <laughs> <laughs> um no obviously i want to see mama yeah but um no i think I think probably St. Gemma. Mm, wow. Yeah, I think St. Gemma. Yeah. She's just been a tremendous friend for me. Wow. So she's like, uh, whenever I ask her to pray for me, I said, pray for your little brother. He needs yeah. a lot of help, yeah. you know? <laughs> so just to know that like yeah. she's been there interceding for me and, yeah. and just to be like, be like, just to see that, you know, like, okay, yeah. you like, you've been praying for me. Yeah. Like, thank you. Nice. <laughs> like we I finally made it through yeah, this, you know? Sure. <laughs> so. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. What about you, Father? Dang it. I thought I was going to get away with it. No, no. <laughs> if you want those likes and subscribes, you got to answer the question. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Uh, I mean, yeah. What have I done? This is a crazy question. Um, I would say that, like, I just want to see, like, an army of habits. Okay. I just want to see like an <laughs> army of Franciscans and being like, bro, you did it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just want to see like, like St. Francis and like all, the, I just want to see like, and all these unknown Franciscans who like have just been like praying for me because I've been on the team and, uh, and just, I just want to be welcomed in by like just an army of Francis. That'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be really sweet. Yeah. Just like, just kind of join the the choir in the rank of Franciscans in heaven. Yeah. I mean, and uh, everybody <laughs> in the lower end of it, you know, Colby and Francis and Bonaventure would kind of be in the higher range <laughs> of that thing. And I'll be there with Brother So and so, you know what I mean? Me yeah. and Brother Ass will be hanging out. Oh, yeah. Back, so. Oh, yeah. But it'll be glorious nonetheless. Well, thank you, Deacon. <laughs> would you please? Uh, end this episode with a prayer, please. Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for uh, the grace that you give to us through the sacraments. And in a particular way, we thank you for the anointing of the sick. Uh, And we pray, Jesus, that uh, in a special way for for any 
anyone whose family members are ill, anyone who is ill themselves, anybody who is in a place of darkness because of their illness, that um, through the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, that they would receive the graces that you promised to be strengthened, and that those who do not know you or those who have been away from the faith, that they would not die without receiving this sacrament. And we entrust all of them to your mercy and to the intercession of our Blessed Mother. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.